You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Most gracious and ever-living God, I pray at this time that ultimately not my words, but that Jesus, your Son, your living word would go forth, I pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. As we begin our reflection this morning on this uh, wonderful portion of the 12th chapter of John's Gospel, I I share with you uh, two brief stories perhaps to introduce uh, as we begin to engage the text and what is revealed to us here. And the first uh, comes from uh, an encounter with my father. This past week was the two-year anniversary of my dad's death, and so I've been obviously remembering my father and thinking about Uh, different events and stories and and ways uh, for which I'm grateful for him, the impact that he had in my life. And the story I share with you now was when we were living in Jacksonville, Florida at the time, and it was night, and I remember Dad came in um, to my room, and he sat um, at the foot of my bed um, to talk about sex. Um, And uh, as you might imagine, I guess I give them maybe a C for content and presentation. Um, I, I don't think that I did um, any better. It was it was awkward. Um, it was uh, it was awkward. It was it was fumbling. Uh, and and yet uh, I share that with you. And I remember that one of the things what stands out about that moment and why I, I treasure that moment, as I say, is as as fumbling as it was, as awkward um, as it was, as imperfect. Uh, as all of it was, one of the things that came through to me um, loud and clear was that dad loved me, Um, that dad loved me, that dad was invested um, in me, that he he cared about me, that he would be willing um, to have this conversation. And of course, as I think about it now, um, I think probably too, obviously not just dad, but mom, because I can't imagine he did that on his own. Uh, I would imagine that it was my mother, like, you've got to go talk to Craig. Um, So the the chances are that came uh, from mom by way way of dad. But as I say, I share that with you because, again, uh, love was was communicated in a way which was imperfect and was awkward and yet continues to to resonate and to remain with me to this day. The the second story is from uh, a person that I know and love and have really uh, known uh, pretty much the entirety of my lifetime. And we were having a a conversation one day and it was a wide-ranging conversation, but it it came to the topic of her mother, whom I knew and loved her as well. And one of the things that she said about her mother was this. She said, I I always wish um, my mom loved me the way that my aunt did. My mom always wanted me to be something other than what I was. Uh, She wanted me to be a debutante. I didn't want to be um, a debutante. She never loved me um, for who I was, but my my aunt always did. My aunt always loved me um, as I was, without conditions, without if, uh, without when. And as we're having this conversation and she's sharing this with me, she is, she's well into her 60s uh, and you know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. In some ways, you think, look, at that point in life, it's time to move on. Um, your, your, your mother um, is long gone. Your aunt is long gone. But it's not that easy, is it? Um, those sorts of things um, remain with us. And I, and I knew her mother, and, um, you know, it's probably both things were true. Her, her mom really loved her and did it very imperfectly uh, and, and in a very 
um, flawed fashion, and, and the, the, the pain that she felt uh, was, was real, uh, and by no means make light of that. And I, I share those brief vignettes with you as we reflect on the, the topic of love this morning, and, and what does love look like, but, but also the reality of the human condition is that we all long for it, do we not? Uh, and we, the, the human tribe, we're a wounded tribe. Um, we all bring experiences of, of gracious love uh, and extravagant love, hopefully, and we also bring with us um, wounds um, to this as well. And, and the reality is we're not simply the recipients, we're also the ones who have done the same um, thing to others. But there is that basic human longing um, to experience a love which is extravagant a love which is sacrificial, a love which does not feel conditional. Uh, It is a longing of the human heart and a longing of the human condition. You think about how many songs, popular songs, have to do in some shape or another with love. And one of the ones I was thinking of, not especially current, um, 1979 Regatta de Blanc. Uh, Anybody remember? Um, Yeah, Bueller, anyone who, uh, the police, uh, if you remember. Message in a Bottle, Um, not Taylor Swift, who also has a song message uh, in a bottle, but um, the police, Message in a Bottle, do you remember? um, Do you remember the song? I'm not gonna ask you to sing it um, or to raise your hand, but if you remember exactly, you remember that, you remember that, that, that song, just to cast away an island lost at sea, oh, another lonely day with no one here but me, oh, more loneliness than any man can bear, Rescue me before I fall into despair. And then he goes on, I'll send an SOS to the world. I'll send an SOS to the world. I hope that someone gets my, I hope that someone gets my, I hope that someone gets my message. <laughs> it's, it's repetitive, but it's good. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm condensing some of, it, some of it here. And then as the song goes on, if, if you remember uh, at the end of the song, is, is, is this, I walked out this morning, I don't believe what I saw, 100 billion bottles washed up on the shore. Seems I'm not alone in being alone. Uh, 100 billion castaways looking for a home. Uh, that's so much uh, a part of uh, the human condition, this, this longing um, for a love which lasts. Uh, and we see, of course, uh, in this encounter, uh, Jesus comes um, to... Uh, just before the Passover, he comes to Bethany, which is about two miles from Jerusalem. And one of the things that you remember as we've been walking through Luke's gospel for this period of time is that Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem. Uh, He has set his face toward Jerusalem, which of course ultimately means he set his face toward the cross uh, on behalf of you uh, and of me. And one of the things that we hear right before Chapter 12, we hear, of course, in 11, the raising of Lazarus, uh, that Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And we hear the response of the religious leaders. The response of the religious leaders is that we need to kill Jesus, uh, and we need to kill Lazarus as well, because people are beginning to go over um, to him. Things um, are changing. They're they're not going to be dependent upon us. We're going to lose um, our place. And what do we see Jesus doing in the midst of that? Because one of the things they said is be on the lookout. Uh, We we need to find him. Um, We need to get rid of him, and we need to get rid of Lazarus as well. And we, again, love is something we talk about, but, but we see um, love made manifest in that Jesus, rather than steering away from that, Jesus steers toward that. Jesus makes his way to Jerusalem and he comes to the home of Mary, of Martha, 
and of Lazarus, and they are reclining at table, of course, and it's an image uh, which is vivid in our minds. We hear um, that Mary comes and she opens this large bottle of perfume and, and pours it out uh, upon Jesus' feet. It's, it's an act of uh, unself-conscious love. It's an act of extravagance. It's an act really of worship and devotion as she pours this out upon his feet. And then of course we hear that she begins to wipe um, his feet with her hair. Lent here at the Advent is, is, a, time of, is a time of dinner parties. Uh, and um, uh, may I say, um, I have not experienced this at any of the dinner parties um, that I have attended thus far. And, and, and in fairness to those gathered, I think on the awkward scale, we can put this at a 10. Um, if, you're, if you're there gathered as, as, as Mary again. But one of the things that we see happening here, it's not an obligation. It's not a demand. It's something that wells up within her and overflows from out of her. This experience that she has had um, through this encounter with Jesus, through this recognition of the nature and the character of Jesus in relationship with her has moved her in a way that her self-consciousness uh, is, is gone. There is a, there's a joyful um, sacrifice here in her love and there's an extravagance to her love and uh, not worrying uh, about what people think and what people say. And may I say, and this is, um, this is my caveat, which you, may, which you may take or leave. You know, we tend to beat up on Martha for, um, you know, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. But let me say, not only was Mary uh, demonstrating love, but so was Martha as well, um, as she served, as she um, prepared uh, this, as she provided this gathering for them there. And we see the extravagance of this. And I mention that to you because I believe in many ways that what we have here is foreshadowing. Uh, we, we see the impact, yes, uh, of Jesus in the life uh, of Mary. He's obviously uh, reached deep down uh, to a part in her life uh, and has extended a, a love and a security to her that has, that has changed her, that has impacted her again, that, that has drawn this out without demand. But there's a foreshadowing here because in the way in which um, she pours out this love toward Jesus, we see, of course, the way in which God will do that um, for you and for me upon the cross, the way that God will willingly be poured out on behalf of you and me, that, that uh, extravagant uh, and brutal and yet gracious uh, offering from God on behalf of us that you and I might experience the love that we long for that we look for in so many different ways which are futile and, and leave us, if we're honest, exhausted, don't they? All these different means and methods in our lives that we're trying to earn love or acquire love in some way um, or another often, uh, often leave us exhausted. Uh, and we see here anything but exhaustion from Mary. We see that she is filled. We see a foreshadowing of the way uh, in which God will extend his grace to you and to me. And we see, of course, the resentment uh, of Judas in, in this as well, and, and, and John uh, sketches that out. But interestingly, not surprisingly, um, we, of course, know of Judas's betrayal, and, and over the years, people have speculated the reasons behind uh, his betrayal 
uh, of Jesus and, and a lot of different hypotheses have been offered. And, and one, which I think has, certainly has traction in my own mind, in my own imagination as well, is that, that Judith, Judas the Zealot wanted to force the kingdom, wanted to force um, Jesus' hand, wanted to force uh, the showdown um, with the authorities that, that God's kingdom might come in by force. But what we see and the way in which God works, it's greater, it's more glorious, and it's more lasting because you cannot convey love um, by force. We're, we're not won over um, by force. Force doesn't fill us in the way that we long to be filled. Force doesn't give us the security um, that we long for in our life. The way that that is accomplished in a, is a way in which was scandalous um, to the world and Jesus' willing and extravagant sacrifice for us uh, through the cross and through the resurrection his being poured out as a beautiful, as a fragrant offering in order that you and I might know uh, the love of God, the grace of God, the security of God, the atonement uh, of God, that we might have that stability which we long for in our lives, the way in which God graciously, radically loves us. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know... um, each of us, um, specifically, individually, as we're gathered here this morning. And I pray, most gracious God, by the work and the ongoing work of your Holy Spirit, that you would um, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our lives, that your love and your grace, uh, your finished and saving work on the cross, that the reality of that uh, might be poured out into our lives, uh, that we might know your love in a way not only that fills Um, but that overflows. And all this we ask and offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.